This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey folks, this is your friend uh, Dennis Connor coming to you with a very, very, very special podcast today, courtesy of the Harrington Brothers and Specialty Produce. Thank you guys very much for making this possible. And our special treat today, you cannot believe it, I'm, I'm going to have celebrity of the Facebook here for having my very close personal friend, a guy that uh, beat me every America's Cup he sailed with me, Tom Wooden. Tom, great to have you here. Great to be with you, DC. Always fun. We, we had a little lunch, and Tom says we've had some good ones and some bad ones, but mostly good. And hard to believe, Tom, you've had a great year, a wonderful year. You uh, uh, sold a lot of uh, the, the North Group uh, uh, to a special new investor, so new influx of people into the North and uh, new people for you to work with and continue the legacy of, of North. Uh, you got a new uh, Grand Banks powerboat. I, uh, I think Gary Wiseman has one that's uh, not, not too dissimilar, doesn't he? Sister ship. So Gary Wiseman, our friend here from Point Loma, neighbor to James Spithill, he has a new boat like Tom's. And I know that Tom and Betsy, his wonderful wife, have really enjoyed using their new boat. Uh, they they live in the Connecticut area and they're not far from Block Island or Newport or Nantucket. And uh, they've really uh, had a chance to, to in, enjoy the water that has uh, meant so much to him over these years. And then to uh, cap it all off, so he, he sells the business. He gets to put a few dollars in the bank. He gets a new boat. And guess what? A long overdue award coming into the National Sailing Hall of Fame. So Tom was inducted today with people that uh, uh, probably weren't quite so worthy, but it took a while for them to realize that Tom wasn't there. But he did have a very special induction in Newport. They made a video of it for those of you that care. I think you can get it under the National Sailing Hall of Fame video. It's about three minutes long, and you can see Tom and all his uh, his uh, cohorts that were inducted into the Hall of Fame there in, uh, in downtown Newport, basically, on Thames Street, wasn't it, Tom? Well, the uh, the Hall of Fame is actually in Annapolis. But the ceremony but was But the down. ceremony was right there at uh, the New York Yacht Club, Harbor Court. Oh, was it the Harbor Court? Yeah, it was great. Really, it really was a nice thing. I was sorry you weren't able to come, but you were sailing the six major worlds. Yes, I was, and you know, I I love going uh, down to the Handy Diner. Think of all those wonderful uh-huh. memories that we've had in Gary. there with, with Gary and uh, and uh, even Bobby Campbell. Hard to believe. Thirty-eight so, years ago, I started sailing with you. He, uh, we won't tell him that story, but the uh, bottom line is that Tom was uh, trying to whip up on me. With Love Machine, uh, Ho- Hokies Peterson, uh, was it a Peterson 41 or? F- 43, 43, I think, 43, that yeah. year. And I had a Peterson 46, so I was a little different class. But Tom was always there trying to whip up on me with some success. And I, I saw what a great job he was doing with a, a boat that wasn't as good as mine. And my crew was better. And you know, Tom was always a factor. So I recognized the talent, and that was probably the biggest thing I ever did. Asked Tom to help me come and defend the cup in 1980. He, he uh, agreed. He's still running his uh, sail off with Peter Conrad. But uh, we got to know each other there, and I, I felt kind of sorry for him. I said, why don't you build a sail, Tom? Let me give you something. He said, I wasn't, we, no, we didn't have any money. We weren't paying people. Let me, let me just send you a couple thousand dollars as a token of your appreciation. So he built the sail. I didn't expect much from it. We came, it was uh, – 
It was a, a uh, we we named our spinnaker in those days by the width of the sail. So it was a four, either a 41 or 43, uh, 43. 43 foot wide spinnaker. Yep. And we went out and put it, put it up, uh, designed by a good friend of his, uh, Peter Wheeler, who's, he's still building sails. No, him. he's a long time retired. So we built Some the sail. Some people get smart and get so, out of work. So we build a sail. I mean, Tom builds a sail. We come up and we must have bought uh, 50 sails from uh, John Marshall at North. We worked like dogs making these sails faster. And the very first time we put this uh, 43-foot spinnaker up, is faster than anything Norris got. So, I, of course, I get on the phone to John Marshall. I said, you won't believe this, but you better get up here right away because we got to sail faster than North. You won't believe it. He was there the next morning in that porch so fast that it would make your head spin. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, he agreed, this is a good sail. So we ended up buying, I don't know, probably 20 sails that year from uh, – was it Sopstead? Yeah, Sopstead. Sopstead. And, uh, Proof Tom, that luck's better than skill, right? We went on to win the America's Cup, and Tom was a big part of the uh, group, and uh, that, that's how our relationship got started. And it's been a wonderful relationship uh, uh, since then. But now Tom's into the big time. He's uh, He's got the, the, the J-Bows, the Maxi-Bows, the Transpac 52s. He's got it all, and then the North Group. Geez, it's grown incredibly. Not not only the clothing, but the uh, power boats and the masts, and spars. It's just an amazing thing what Tom's done, and I'm so I just couldn't be prouder of him. And Tom, uh, uh, nice going. So we've seen what you've done in the past, but what can you do for us now? Hmm. We know that you're involved uh, in the ground uh, floor of the uh, next America's Cup that's going to be taking place in uh, Auckland and. What is it, 2021, something like that? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that Norris involved in uh, helping to uh, design the construction, maybe not design the boat, but they could be doing that for all I know, but he probably can't talk about that. But North can do this the whole thing now. They could they have an amazing facility in Auckland. They could build the boats. They could build the spars. Of course, you know, the sails will be a much bigger part of the America's Cup than they were in Bermuda. You know, the sails in Bermuda, there wasn't much really to do with the sails. You have a, a storm jib on a catamaran, not that sophisticated, and you've got a uh, wing sail. But I'm sure that of all America's Cups that uh, North has been involved in, they probably made the least amount of money, even though they built the New Zealand boat. Than, than ever. So they'll have a chance to get well here in the upcoming America's Cup because with a new boat, new sails, new spar, we don't know much about it. So, Tommy, you know that they're, they're talking about uh, technology in the America's Cup. What can you share with our our listeners? What kind of boat do you think they're going to have? Is this thing going to be 75 feet long and 60 feet wide, or is it going to be 75 feet long with a 20-foot keel, and it's going to have a spar uh, that's going to rotate or wings? What, what's, what can you tell us, share with us that is not proprietary about what you think might happen with the new boats? Well, I think it's common knowledge that the New Zealanders um, were the only team that didn't sign the agreement to go right back into catamaran. So... I think there's probably a strong move afoot to get out of a catamaran. I wouldn't say there's no chance of it. Um, and if you think about the mentality of going into this cup, having just won the the America's Cup fairly easily, by the way, um, with a catamaran, it must be pretty compelling to think catamaran. However, Grant Dalton, I think, really wants to do the right thing this time. I think he thinks that 
a monohull will bring back a little bit more of the sailing. It'll bring back more of the crew work. He wants to make sure they can sail in zero knots, probably not zero knots, but light air all the way up to 30 knots, which the catamaran couldn't do. I think you'll, you know, the cup's always been about technology. You know that better than anybody. And um, I think that he'll make sure that this, this if it is a monohull, which I think it will be, um, it'll be full of technology. It'll be exciting. It'll be fast. It'll probably foil, at least in some conditions. Um, it'll have some room for design advancement. Um, I think you'll find that the sail plan is some combination of something that looks pretty modern like a wing but has some soft component or some way that you can make the rig smaller for heavy air and bigger for light air. Um, I think that you'll see the uh, the the hull of the boat, if it's a monohull, being quite wide in the back and quite fine in the front. Um, and I bet it'll be really exciting. I, I could imagine, you know, boards and keels and multiple rudders. And I think for sure they're going to try to put 11 or 12 guys on there. So it won't be just moving hydraulic oil like it was on the catamarans. Um, so I really think it's going to be an exciting boat. And I think Grant Dalton wants to do something for the sport, do something for the industry. There was no trickle down to speak of um, that filtered into the industry from the catamarans other than catamaran technology. Um, and even though the boats were quite exciting, they were quite diminutive looking at them on the course. You know, I mean, I, I watched in Bermuda from on a boat, and honestly, I ended up going down and watching it on TV because you couldn't see very well, and we were quite close to the course. So I think that they'll try to uh, do everything they can to make the boat look a little more spectacular like the old days, like when you and I did it. And um, I think the mono hull will produce a little bit better match racing where, um, you know, so much of the event before was just to stay on those foils and and uh, boat speed. Well, Tom, we've seen uh, some of the interest wane and some of the uh, uh, prospective ch uh, challengers for the Cup. We haven't heard too much from the Swedes. It doesn't look like they might be there. Uh, SoftBank uh, Japan, without the help of Larry Ellison, doubtful. The the French, they, their programs were always weak in the beginning, and the, I don't think that they would have the money to, and wherewithal to, to be a challenger. So at this point, the uh, challengers field uh, is interesting. We see the product group with that uh, helped uh, Team New Zealand win. I think that they gave New Zealand some money last time to help them be competitive, and because of that, they're the challenger of record. So we see the product uh, group with plenty of money and uh, insight into the, what the kind of the boats they'll, they'll have working with Grant. So we'll see them quite strong. And then, of course, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're on the uh, board of the New York Yacht Club. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so Tom Wynn with his own challenge in the uh, America's Cup with the New York Yacht Club. And how did this happen? Well, I think it happened. Show me the money. You've got the DeVos uh, family, the uh, multi-billionaires that uh, love sailing. Uh, Doug DeVos, uh, some of you are aware, uh, made a good investment in quantum sales. And Terry McLaughlin uh, has come along with that investment. They've had a very successful Transpac 52 program. And I, I guess they're getting a little bored with that. So I don't know the insights, and probably Tom can't share those with us. But they uh, went to uh, New York Yacht Club and said, look, uh, we'll uh, mount a challenge on your, your uh, behalf. It'll be a class uh, challenge. Terry's a, cl a class guy, and we'll pay the bill. 
You know, what's there not to love if you're on the board of the New York Yacht Club? Sure. So how, is that you know, sort of how it went, Tom? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, money's important. And, you know, the, the, most, the most precious commodity, the most important commodity to win an America's Cup is time. But without money in the beginning, the time goes away pretty quickly. And so it was very compelling to have Doug DeVos and Hap Fouth come to the New York Yacht Club and say, OK, we've got the money. We're willing to commit a certain amount. Um, I'm sure it's public, but it was quite a bit of money. We're willing to commit that and say that we're up and going and to spend that money early does all the things that you know better than anybody enables you to do. It enables you to get the best designers. It enables you to get the best mass people, the best engineers, the best sailors, the best uh, crew, the best staff. Um, It's so important to have that in the beginning and really gives you a jump on the competition. So – and Terry Hutchinson and his team – Sure, they've uh, had some success in the TP fifty two and and the uh, with Hap Fouth in the Maxi seventy two. So I think they'll be tough. Um, you know, there's so many things that come into play to win an America's Cup, and you know that better than anybody. If there are twenty things, the sailing's only one of those things. And everybody, by the time they get to the end, are pretty darn good sailors. So obviously, technology and speed's important. And without money, it's hard to have technology and speed. Well, we know that one of the best sailors in the uh, fin class and small boats was uh, Ben Ainsley. He didn't uh, cover himself with glory in the America's Cup, uh, but I'm sure he learned a lot. And uh, uh, there's some uh, very, I think, substantial chance that uh, uh, Ben will be back with a challenge from uh, England and the Great Britain area with a new, fresh outlook. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them come up with a pretty competitive effort if uh, the Royals can raise the money, Ben will be eager to take some of it himself and spend some on the uh, mm-hmm. on the British Challenge. So we, we're going to have a possible, good possibility of a British Challenge. We've got the New York Yacht Club Challenge. We've got the Prada Challenge. Certainly a good foundation for a, uh, a very, very competitive uh, – I guess it's no longer Louis Vuitton, is it? Now it's the Prada, Prada. Cup, Prada Cup. Prada with Bruno Trublet working so, with Prada this time. Well, he's a good man, and he knows how to maximize the value, and he'll do a great job for the Prada brand. Uh, is Prada brand uh, any competition to the North Sail brand, or is it, uh, you're selling? I uh, wish you're, they're more up in, and you're more uh, sport sport clothing. Yeah, Prada is a very successful brand. So, um, yeah. so we're going to see those three. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if the Japanese, the Chinese. Uh, I think Sweden is out, from what we hear. So we'll have to wait and see. I think it will depend on the type of boat. For sure, if it's a uh, sloop, some people uh, were hoping for a catamaran, that will eliminate some. And also the, the costs involved in a brand-new boat is immense. There's so much startup costs in developing the, the hull. Uh, even though they're going to try to limit the uh, R&D, you won't be able to build four or five hulls like Bill Koch did. But uh, there will be a lot of money spent uh, on the hulls. And, of course, Southern Spars will be at the root of the uh, spar building. I don't know the deal that you might have with the New Zealanders as far as exclusivity, but I'm sure that the uh, New Zealanders will have the inside with Southern Spars facility there in Auckland. So they'll have a very, very strong defense with the help of North. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what both they come up with 
Maybe in February. Is that uh, when they're talking about making the decision? Yeah, there's a uh, there's an announcement coming up. Um, I think it's the beginning of December, but you'll probably won't find out the final on the boat until what you say in February. And well, your your comment on BAR is an interesting one, Dennis. I mean, I honestly think that you perhaps learn more from losing. And I think Ben lo- learned a lot. I think Ben's a talent. I think that he tried to make it an all-UK-based um, campaign last time and probably learned quite a bit. And I think you'll find him much more receptive to outside ideas and more open-minded, which I think you are always very good about. And, um, yeah, and the rest of the groups are going to be good. Prada will be good. Um, Team New Zealand, obviously, will be hard to beat. And um, I like the New York Yacht Club's effort just because they've got the money early on. You know, that effort will be interesting to watch for me is because uh, with the strong involvement of, uh, in the uh, quantum sale brand, if you own a sale loft, you're going to obviously try to make those sales be the best and promote those in the uh, avenue of the cup. But North is, you know, still the best and brightest uh, sale-making company in the world. So if they uh, don't have their eyes open – and their blinders off, and they try to stick with quantum. That could be a big edge for the Prada and uh, Ben Ainsley group. If uh, so, it'll be interesting to see if Tom decides to sell North Sales to the to the quantum people, knowing that they'll if they're fast, they'll copy them. And uh, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting uh, uh, thing to, to see how the sales work out. And um, as far as the boats are concerned, I'm hearing from my friends in Auckland, New Zealand, that things are not a bed of roses down there as far as as the event itself. There's uh, actually been uh, people in the streets protesting the fact that the Wamata Harbor is uh, being filled up with waste and the the actual frontage of the harbor has shrunk some 50 percent. And a lot of people are saying, well, why should we put all the government money into the Richies defending this America's Cup without a quantifiable way of knowing how much money it will come back to the economy? And we don't want our harbor all strewn with rich yachts. We we like the uh, diversification of commercial boats. So the, the, what the uh, government decides they can build from an America's Cup uh, harbor standpoint could have some influence on the type of boats. If you're going to have boats 60 feet wide. And then uh, where are they going to tie up? Think of the space they're going to use to have uh, what a couple. Everybody will have. Is it only allowed two boats per syndicate? Yeah. So you got two boats times. Yeah, to be determined. Might only be one. So it's but if there's two boats per syndicate, there'll be probably be five syndicates in there. Yeah, six syndicates. I would think. So let's think of the space alone, just for the width of the uh, of the boats, if they are sixty feet wide. Fair that point. Could, that could be a uh, deciding factor on on the design of the boats, and you can't just put a twenty five foot keel, a swing keel, on the bottom of a boat like Wild Oats. Mm-hmm. And where are you going to tie it up when the harbor is only sixteen feet deep? Sure. So, I think that the uh, venue itself could be a somewhat uh, influential uh, factor on uh, the design. That I guess. Uh, when it comes down to uh, Grant Dalton and uh, the folks at the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron uh, decide to uh, use to defend to defend the cup, and they're not going to make it easy on the challengers this time. They're not going to just let somebody waltz in there like Russell Coots and take this cup off of them. The, the cup men are really a huge amount to all the New Zealander people, and they're going to do a little bit more like what the New York Yacht Club did 
in a hundred years ago and kind of, uh, I won't say bend the rules, but they're going to try to stack the deck to their best that they legally can, uh, acceptable to the sporting world and the, and the journalists to, to keep this cup. So I, I think that the very first time around it'd be difficult to wrest this cup away. Sure. You've got the, all the money in the world at the New York Yacht Club and Prada and New Zealand's somewhat limited with the funds, but they'll still have Toyota and the Emirates will be uh, standing there. And if they get low, uh, Grant Dalton, he just goes, cries to the government, oh, we're broke and we can't pay our payroll, and they give him money. So that, that, that'll, that'll work because the people love it. So all in all, it's going to be uh, very interesting next few months to see what uh, transpires with the uh, boats. And when we see the boats, we'll have a better idea who might be uh, standing up to, to, to challenge. So in the meantime, Tom, it's uh, wonderful to have you here, and I hope that uh, – You'll uh, call in if you can't show up in person from time to time. Roger would love to hear the stories about what you're mm-hmm. doing and uh, what it's like to be sailing with Tom Sewell on a J-boat and uh, the maxi boats and the Sydney Hobart race. You have it all, and you're kind of our lifeline to uh, what's going on in the in the sailing world. So, Tom, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much it means to, ha- to have you aboard uh, with our podcast, and we look forward to uh, hearing more from you in the future. Enjoyed myself, DC. Always good to see you. Sailing's been great for you and me, and um, I know you and I have tried to give back a lot to the sport, you particularly, and you're, you've always been good with young people and try to bring people along. So, um, really proud of you for doing that. And as Avery always says, you know, my son Avery says, you know, my dad did okay for a guy with a full time summer job. <laughs> well, he's done. He's done just just fine in his uh, financial career as well. So. Tom, thank you again, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you. If it's not uh, on Skype or uh, in person, we'll, we'll get your, your voice here uh, from time to time to keep us in touch with what's going on in the sailing world. So, folks, thanks very much for uh, listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it, and we enjoyed uh, being part of uh, Roger and uh, the Harrington Brothers uh, podcast. And if you need uh, uh, produce, specialty is your place. So, Thank you, and we'll see you again on our next uh, our next uh, podcast. Bye for now. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.